Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson, and we come to you every week. We are with a company called JSL Solutions, and we do uh, mainly tech work for churches such as... Uh, Streamingchurch.tv. And churchapplive.com. And myflock.com. And uh, those are our little companies that uh, do streaming video mobile apps and uh, websites plus church management stuff. So, uh, And we talk on our podcast about tech stuff, tech-related things, but we also talk a lot about... Um, ministry activities, ministry stuff, uh, leadership. leadership. Yeah, mainly leadership-related things, I guess. Uh, yeah. I guess that's kind of our background. We, uh, Steve and I both have a background of ministry, church work. Uh, mine's uh, A lot of it's pastoral, and Steve has been involved in uh, board of directors. Yeah, boards and teams. other leadership teams and that yeah, sort of thing. All that good stuff. So today, what are we going to talk about? So today we're going to talk about 10 signs your ministry is sick. <laughs> or at least not as healthy as it should be. So I guess the the, the the new word today for some of the kids are using is that's sick. Oh, Have yeah. you heard that? Oh, and that's been around for a while. Has yeah. it? See, I'm out of date. So I guess <laughs> when they say that's sick, they that's a positive thing. Right? Yes, it's a very positive thing. Yeah, but uh, we're not really saying that. That and we're not talking about positive stuff here. Although you can turn it around and make it positive, but the ten yeah. signs that your ministry ten is, ways to make your ministry sick. There you go. You it depends on how you say sick too. So. All right. So <laughs> see, I, you got teenage boys or had them. I guess they're all yeah, they're only older one now. Is teenage now, right? Everybody else has grown up. That is true. Yeah, they yeah. are all out of their teens except for the one. I remember your wife's one of her, you know, in the email, one of her first emails was what mom, four boys. That's correct. You, had, uh, you guys have four boys. I only have one, but enough about us. Let's talk about me. No, <laughs> uh, so uh, we're, we want to talk about, so Steve and I have both worked with churches, businesses, organizations, and uh, we have observed over the years, some, some good organizations, some good churches, but we've also observed, uh, observed some, some, Churches and ministries that are having some issues, some health-related issues, uh, things aren't very good. And so we want to share with you 10 signs that uh, some things you probably should should maybe review with your church or your ministry uh, and, and take a look at it and, and see if some of this may apply to you and maybe you can fix some of it. Right. Does that make sense? So, yep. All right. So what's the first? Uh, so sign? number one on our list is inattention to organizational health. So it's basically not paying attention to, you know, this topic of, you know, is your organization doing well? Yeah, it's uh, so, uh, you know, it's very easy. And this has been the case, you know, because I've done church work and you have too. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the churches I was involved in, uh, there was a big sign up that, that used to say, it's all about the weekend. And uh, the weekend is, you know, Saturday evening service, church service, and then some Sunday morning services. And and that's very important. I mean, obviously, your church services are very important. We've talked about on this podcast before. You know, it's it's really important to have a good, solid service or services. You know, because mm-hmm. you're attracting people, you want to minister to people. But it's it's not really all about the weekend because you got stuff going on during right. The week. Yeah, if you alienate your staff or your organization in that process to create the weekend, then it's only going to last so long before the wheels fall off. 
Yeah, or or you or you you may put together a good presentation on Sunday, but but you've got you may have some other issues lurking during the week. And so it, it again, we talk about this a lot, but it's really having to do with relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationships with your staff, relationships with your volunteers, um, you know, things going on with your congregation. I mean, if 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 you are not uh if you're not addressing needs during the week, somehow some way right or addressing uh, conflicts that can occur as well i know i've been a part of um, some organizations where there's some internal conflict that if it doesn't get resolved uh, eventually leads to either people leaving the organization or a split or something like that yep absolutely and i had this happen i i was a senior pastor and i actually had a church split and uh and I, I tried. I, maybe I didn't do as good of a job as I thought. I really did try to work on on some issues that we were having, and the other party just didn't really want to cooperate. But you've got to at least put some effort into what's happening during the week with your people, mm-hmm. and and keep an eye on that. And that, you know, if people have prayer requests, I mean, with with what we do, and I think your church does this too, Steve, because I was involved in it for years. And that is, you know, people have prayer requests. Uh, they fill out a connection card have a prayer request, have a need or want to get involved in something. And if that's not being taken care of during the week or not handling well, you know, it's just not healthy. It's it's for your mm-hmm. congregation, for your people. And then, as you just said earlier, your staff or your volunteers, you know, need attention. So it's not just about the weekend, although the weekend is important. It's All also right. about the other things. Right. So a lot of times I think leaders will say, well, we need a, a morale event or something like that interjecting to, uh, to try to get, you know, to correct any problems that are going on or address. I mean, I think a real key one is just address any conflict yeah. and then also create those morale events as well. Yeah. They're helpful. Here's a tip that I, that I did and uh, actually kind of got this from uh, your lead pastor, Jeff Love, many, many, many years ago. You guys don't do this anymore, but uh, we do a, a thing once a month, Sunday evenings, and we do a thing where we invite volunteers or even people that are interested in, in, in our church or interested, you know, have come a few times and they want to maybe uh, get to know some of the leadership team a little more, ask questions. And so we literally, people can bring refreshments, bring snacks, and we have kind of an informal meeting, very informal, where we just kind of gather with our snacks, our drinks, and we may address a few things in the future, stuff coming up that we want people to know about. We do a volunteer appreciation once a month. So we actually give a little gift certificate to a volunteer that, you know, has excelled. Uh-huh. And we also make it, uh, we also give people an opportunity to rub shoulders with our leadership team, our senior pastor, myself, since I'm involved with the church and, and yeah. ask questions you know, in front of everybody, or, you know, if you don't, you're not comfortable asking a question and, you know, ask a little bit later, nice. you know, grab somebody in the corner and say, Hey, wh- why do you guys do this? You yeah. know, I was part of a church in California that, um, it was actually part of their denomination and they would have what they called a monthly meeting okay. and where they would bring, it wasn't I think limited to the leadership of the church, but typically it was the more committed mm-hmm. um, people. And they'd meet once a month and kind of have a, I guess you call it a business meeting, but it was it was not quite as formal as uh, you know a yeah. business meeting would be. Yeah, it sounds a lot like what we what we're doing at, at my church, and I, yeah. I think it's helpful. You know, yeah, it's a good thing. And, and that way, you know, because everybody's going all sorts of different directions, so it's easy for your organizational health to kind of go downhill if you're not catching some of these things. But at right. least you're giving people an opportunity to connect. It's only once a month, 
and they get to connect and, and, you know, and that way you can always say later too, like if somebody has a problem, you can always say, Hey, how come you didn't talk to us about this? We gave you an opportunity, you know? Right. So anyway, all right. So uh, inattention to your, the health of your church uh, organizationally is, is certainly a sign that if you're not doing this, you, you could have some issues. So what's the next one? So the next one on our list, number two, is adrenaline addiction. Adrenaline addiction. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> it sounds pretty serious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. Uh, so I have worked with some guys before who uh, who really, they just, they, they their life is, is driven by uh, crisis. You know, what's coming up next? Oh, my gosh, we got to run here and fix this issue. And, and, and they kind of go back and forth fixing issues. Uh, and, and what happens is you, uh, you miss the big picture. So if you're always running around putting out fires right. and some of them may not need to be put out by you, maybe somebody else should handle it. Yeah. I spent many years in the aerospace business and there were those that, that thrived and actually were, um, rewarded for putting out fires. And it was often rumored that, Probably most, a lot of the time, those that were putting out the fires were the ones that were also starting the fires. <laughs> so they just thrived on having a crisis to deal with for the day. Yeah. And it may not be, you know, it's it was always urgent, but it never was important. Yeah. And they would, they'd be this, you know, the, the hero because they'd come in and solve that problem that they may have had a little something to do with creating <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> Well, and, and you do have to put out fires and, and in any kind of a business or, I mean, we have things around here that pop up that we have to rush to. Oh, know? yeah, that's true. It happens. But but if you're just constantly doing this, uh, you need to maybe delegate it to somebody else or at least slow down and, and get the big picture. So, uh, you know, the way to solve this would be, you know, what's kind of a, what kind of a tool do you use to kind of manage your day, manage your weeks, manage your months, you know? And, and have these things on there, the things that need to be dealt with, make sure they're on there on your list and then make sure you get to them somehow, some way. And uh, don't let yourself be going back and forth. Right. Some people and, really do like that. And a lot of times you, you, you don't want to be overwhelmed by the, by the urgent and ignore the important. Yep. So, so good. So the third point is we talk about health of your church or organization is uh, leadership disunity. Yes. It's a tough thing. It's hard sometimes. Uh, if your church is led by a team and, and I, you know, again, we're speaking to all sorts of different churches here, different cultures in their churches, but most churches have, you may have your, your senior pastor may kind of lead things, but you, you probably have a team or a board of directors or whatever you call them that are, you know, involved at least hopefully to some degree, because I think it's important. But if you, if you have a team that is, uh, just not in any kind of unity, you're going to have problems. Right. It's a no brainer. Uh, leadership team disunity. You know, I've seen it happen. You have too. And it, it usually ends up being just a, a gridlock on things. So how do you do that? How do you fix that? And uh, that's not an easy question, but it, it, it does take maintenance. It takes some time by the senior leader, uh, by the person that's really uh, in charge of things. Right. Uh, I for think the we may church. be talking about well we have another item here that this you know some of these are related as well so i mean part of this and we're going to talk more about this later is you know if there's if there's a different different vision from yeah. a member of the leadership team than yeah. you know the the central vision of the church then that can 
lead to some problems. And so you got to, yeah. you know, get in there and try to do some alignment. Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that's a big part. The other thing, too, is sometimes when, when somebody's irritated about something, uh, when they're upset about something the church has done or you've done as a pastor or something, sometimes if they're really, if it just gets in their crawl, they tend to get nitpicky about other stuff. Uh, yeah. Other issues that, that maybe they shouldn't be so nitpicky about, but because there, there's something else that's that's got them mad or angered or frustrated. Yeah, it influences their attitude it and changes the attitude and all kinds of things. And you yeah. end up with with somebody that ends up nitpicking everything. And I've seen this happen. So again, the way you try to hopefully fix that would be, you know, you take the person out to coffee or something or or lunch or something and try to figure out, okay, where are they coming from on this? What's what's the issue behind the issue? Right. Kind of a thing. And I think if you can get to that, that can certainly help. Uh, if you're talking with one or two people. Yeah, but this disunity, I mean, as most of these things, I mean, there are symptoms that can cause, you know, the ultimate failure of your ministry. So there's things that you want to address. Yeah. All right, so next on our list. Artificial harmony. So this is kind of the other side of the coin here. Artificial harmony. And by the way, a lot of this we're talking about is put together by an old friend of mine, Tony Morgan, who has worked with businesses and churches. And uh, uh, the, the problem with artificial harmony here is, especially when you're working with churches and stuff, is that uh, people think that, uh, you know, you, you you can't necessarily disagree, you know, with anything. That you've got to kind of, you know, put it out there and, and put on the good face. And it's, it's kind of a misguided idea that you can't be frustrated or you can never disagree. And so we're not saying when we talk about unity, we're not saying that you just nod your head and everybody just kind of goes along for the ride. I think there's healthy ways to have right. there, disagreements. There, right. This would be yeah, an environment where um, you have individuals that are you know saluting the flag, but um, kind of outwardly showing that they're in harmony, but inwardly they have some issues. And it can also come out in other ways too. So you, you end up undermining if you, if you're, you know, again, it kind of gets back to the disunity thing. If you, if you just, you stuff it so long, okay, I'm going to agree. I'm just going to go along with it. But after a while it will come out manifest in other ways. And this is a way of getting to the, I guess the authentic self of each of your leaders Mm -hmm. and try to drive down to make sure that everyone that's participating is being authentic. Right. Well, well, I think, and, uh, you know, again, I think if you're having team leadership, leadership team meetings, board meetings, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, what's the other thing that a lot of churches that use the word for uh, uh, committees or whatever, you know, I don't like those words. But if you're going to have those meetings with people, I think you do need to give opportunities for people to to share how they feel about something. So, And they need to have the liberty to, to disagree. And right. so I think you need to say that to your team or to your Yeah, this is really a senior leadership thing where you want to encourage, you don't want to set a vision that says that creates an environment where people are afraid to, uh, right. You know, raise some issue. You want to create an environment where everyone can participate and voice their opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I just was reading about a church that's going a mega church on the uh, West coast. It's, you know, going through a lot right now. And part of that was they, 
the people really weren't allowed to disagree, yeah. <laughs> you know, with anything. And so uh, it's kind of all falling apart for them now, unfortunately. But You're talking Mars Hill, I think, right? Uh, I didn't no, mention some... that by oh. name. We have oh. to edit that out. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they, well, there's accusations with Mars Hill, the accusations from past leaders. It's they couldn't, you know, they, they had to salute the flag and go with the party line on everything. They that they didn't have the freedom to disagree with certain policies yeah. or certain ideas. And so I think you need to there needs to you need to create a culture or an environment that allows people to say, hey, this is what I think. Uh, and, and, and they need to be accepted. I mean, not, you don't yeah. agree with them necessarily, but you know what? Okay. That's your opinion. Let's talk that out a little bit. And, yeah. It's a, it's a healthy thing. There's some yeah. former politicians that once they got into office were assigning opposing political viewpoint people just to, to balance, yeah. to get, you know, to not create a, an environment where it's, you yeah. know, it's just, they can learn from each other. Yeah, it really is. So again, that, that, that as we get into some of these points here, it, it does take some work. It takes some effort, but it's well worth the effort. I, I have seen it work successfully, and so I think that uh, moving on yeah. here, yeah. Uh, you can really get some health back into where things maybe were not so healthy. All right. So we've got an inattention to organizational health, adrenaline addiction, leadership team disunity, and then we just talked about artificial harmony. Mm-hmm. So the next is prioritizing consensus. Right. So, um, you know, when a leadership team here, when, when leadership teams wait for a consensus before taking action, they usually end up, you know, with decisions that are made far too late. And uh, it just, it's a, it's a recipe for mediocrity and, and just frustration. So I think that, you have to create the environment of let's get input here. Let's talk about this. But then there's got to, there's going to have to be some decisions made. Right. And this, there's a deli- there's a balance here, right? right? Cause yep. you don't want to, you don't want to drive off your own way too quickly. And, but yep. then you don't want to wait for. You can't. And, and I think people on this, on your team, your board, whatever we're calling this, you know, they need to understand this. Okay. I may not always get my own way because I disagree with so-and-so about this, but it's okay if I don't get my own way. But as long as, you know, you've given that person the freedom to voice their concerns, voice their thoughts, uh, they're in unity, but, but they may disagree on certain points, but you know, they, at least they get that opportunity to air that out and they, they have to realize, okay, we've got to make a decision on this and we can't just go on forever. You know, right. we've got to make it. So, uh, Consensus is prioritizing consensus. It's it's really uh, we need to move on here eventually. You know what I mean, and not right. just stay stuck in this disagreement forever. All so, right. So number six on our list. Number six, not answering the key questions, and there are six critical questions that your organization, your church, needs to ask. The first one is. Why do we exist? Why do we exist? Let's just read them through here. The second one is how do we behave? The third one is what do we do? The fourth one is how will, how we how will we succeed? And the fifth one is what is most important right now, and then the, and then the last one is who must do what. So here's where everybody gets jumbled up on these things. It's easy to do. But uh, you might say, well, I, you know, we're talking about a church here. Why do we exist? Well, uh, you might define that. Why do you exist? Because different churches reach different people. There's different purposes, different visions behind church. And I'm not really going to get into that because there's so many different churches that are a part of, you know, listening to this that, you know, I can't tell you why you exist exactly. 
but but there may be an emphasis on reaching your inner city. There might be an emphasis, a different right. purpose, a vision behind it. But why do you exist? And then how do we behave? So how do we make this happen? How do we how do we you know carry out what our purpose is? Right. And this will help. I mean, you get the answers to this, and this is going to make answers to other questions exactly. a lot more yeah. obvious. You know, what do we do? Uh, you know, and, and again, your church is going to be doing different things from other churches. How will we succeed? I mean, you know, if I'm setting up a church in the inner city, uh, how that church succeeds uh, may be different than how your church succeeds in, you know, uh, suburban, whatever, right. Connecticut. You know what I mean? It, 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 there's going to be a different purpose or a different way to make things work. I was in a small town when I was a senior pastor. And what I did in that small town for my church to succeed is actually somewhat different than what uh, I was doing here in, in Tucson, Arizona. You know, we have, have got about a million people here in my city. I was in had about 15,000 people. So the way I approached it was a little different. Some of the principles are the same, but right. specifically, you know, how, how we succeed in a small town of 15,000 people versus how do you succeed in a town of a million or two million people? Some right. differences there. Uh, what is most important right now? So again, it's it's not just chasing the adrenaline rush like we said earlier. It's not just putting out the fires all the time. But what's the most important thing right now? And uh, uh, again, it's it's looking at your priorities, the big picture. I think, and then you know who must do what. That's this is a big deal. People get confused on this all the time. If you got a team, you've got to define people's roles. All right. You need to establish some accountability and have some yeah. spread the workload out a little bit. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I've been in I've been on board meetings where you know there's certain board members thought, well, this is our job to do this, and it's like, no, it's not. It's the staff's job, and and you know, unless you have some kind of a document or you you need to have some kind of a governing document that helps people understand that. We're talking boards and teams here in this in this specific case. Right. Uh, there needs to be some roles defined. Otherwise, they will crisscross all the time. Right. And then you get frustration, anger, and resentment. You know. Right. So this is just kind of a grounding of the, the yeah. facts. Yeah. So answer the key questions. If you don't answer those key questions, uh, your church, your ministry, your business may not be as healthy as it should be. All right. So the um, next one on the list. Being all things to all people. Uh, this is, uh, you know, inclusiveness is a good thing as far as trying to reach people from different backgrounds. But the truth is, uh, you, you've got to get to your core values. Uh, you've got to get to what makes you different from other churches. And you, you know, do what you do best and don't try to do something that maybe somebody else is better at. Right. That's true. I and mean, there's the, the saying that if you're not... If 10% of the people aren't upset with you, then you're not doing anything. So yeah. uh, just 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 know that not everyone's going to be aligned with you. And maybe there's a better fit for the you know, of a church for them somewhere else. And because you, yeah. you don't want to dilute your ministry down to the point where it serves no one and by serving everyone. Yeah. Uh, you know, examples of this, I don't know. The things that come to my mind are maybe your church has a... Uh, has a food pantry, you know, great thing. All right. Uh, and then, you know, you see somebody that's got a food pantry at their church. Let me back that up a little bit. Let's say there's a church in town that does a great job with helping the poor, 
it's, it, every church should be doing this, but it has a really specific ministry of food pantry or whatever. And you look at that and you say, oh, our church should do that too. But you're just not equipped. You don't have the, the people. You don't have the resources that maybe yeah, this other church may not has. have the heart for that. You may not really have the heart for it. And again, I'm not saying you don't help people, but there are certain things you can do better than, than maybe somebody else can, and they can do better than you can. Right, exactly. And you try to do it all. Especially if you if you're smaller or whatever, you're just gonna not gonna do it well. It's gonna yeah. be frustrating, right? Very frustrating. So, all right. So number eight, poor vision casting. I'm real big on this. Yeah. So this, I mean, this ties into it overlaps with several of the other ones as well. Yeah. But um, you know, vision casting, and you know, it's kind of ties into the answering the key questions piece as well. But you you want to make sure that that you've got a clear vision and that everyone understands that vision and those that are committed to your leadership are committed to that vision as well. Tony Morgan says great leaders see themselves as chief reminding officers as much as anything else. So what happens is uh, many leaders fail to what the term could be used over communicate because they get bored saying the same thing over and over again. But the truth is most people don't hear it as much. And so the vision that you, if you're the senior pastor listening here, uh, you need to continue to remind your team, your church overall, you know, what, what is your vision? Cast a vision and keep casting it over and over again. Yeah. Maybe you could say it a little differently at times, different ways to say it, but you've got to get it out there because people, they don't hear it right away. Takes them a while. It's like TV commercials. Well, I don't know what the latest stat is, but you know, uh, there was a study that you had to you had to see the commercial seven times right. before you thought about buying the product. Uh, it's a sad. I, th- I think I've heard stats about the gospel. People uh, don't necessarily make any kind of a commitment to Christ unless they hear the message. Uh, I think six or seven times. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the same way with vision. You you yeah. have to get it out there and remind people. Yeah, keep repeating it. Yeah. Until it's really sunk in. Yeah, it it really is true. And and uh, again, if you're the guy that's always thinking about the vision of your church, it sometimes gets a little boring for you. But again, people don't necessarily then they're not always in your head. <laughs> Usually, they're not in your head, so you have to remind them. So all right, so moving on, we got a couple more minutes. Hiring the wrong people, another sign that your church is maybe unhealthy or moving towards or not as healthy as it should be. Hiring the wrong people. Yeah. So there's the the image of having the right people on the bus and the right people in the right seats on the bus, mm-hmm. that whole, yeah. where, where do we get that from? There's some, it's an analogy that uh, some leader I thought was uh, making it really popular. I always, it, I always say it's John Maxwell, but I don't know if it was. I don't know who it's attributed to, but yeah. Zig Ziglar. I don't know. Yeah. You want to you make sure that you have the right people on the bus yeah. and they're sitting in the right spots on the bus. Yeah. I, I have seen this time and time again. And, and here's another part too. And, th- and this is really hard for people. And that is, if your church is growing, as it grows, it's just like your kids, you know, they grew, uh, they change as they grow. So your church grows, as your church grows, it also changes. And so sometimes, and this is the hard part about this, sometimes the people that got you to a certain level can't get you to the next. The great people, they just don't have the ability to get you to the next level on a certain team or maybe within the organization. Sometimes you got to make a change. Yeah. It's really That's hard. tough, yeah. It's very hard, but it's important because otherwise you'll stay stuck. Right. And uh, that's a whole other subject. But uh, hiring the wrong people, that's a faux pas. But then sometimes to add to that, 
uh, as you grow and change, sometimes there, there needs to be changes made in your personnel, your staff, mm-hmm. maybe even volunteers. Maybe one volunteer needs to move into a different area. And, and again, very hard to do, but, you know, having a healthy church is not easy. Otherwise, every church would be very healthy. And, <laughs> That's you know, true. So it takes effort. All right. So last but not least. So number 10, ineffective meetings. Oh, gosh, another one that drives me nuts. <laughs> So, so I think everybody can relate to this, though, right? Yeah, I don't know. Any, there are very few people I know that like meetings, and I don't like to have a lot of meetings, although meetings are necessary. I'm going to quote Tony Morgan again. Tony says, if someone were to, add, were to offer me one single piece of evidence to evaluate the health of an organization or a church, I would not ask to see its financial statements review its product line, or even talk to its employees or customers, I would want to observe the leadership team during a meeting. My goodness. That's true, though. Yes. I think it's true. How's your how's things go in your meeting? Yeah. Are you effective? Are you getting stuff done? Are you getting bogged down? Right. And there's some models out there for an effective meeting. I guess we have a reference to uh, Patrick. Yeah. Is that Lynn Keone's book, yep. Death by Meeting? Yep. So I'm sure one of the key elements is you have an agenda that is known um, prior to the meeting yep. and that you stick to that agenda. Yeah, the book called, is called Death by Meeting. Yeah, you, you want to have an agenda in advance if you can. You want to give people an opportunity to give input to that agenda. With, you know, with email today, that should be pretty easy to do, get it out early enough, give people an opportunity yeah. to have some input on the agenda. Yeah, there's lots of resources for holding good quality meetings. There is. And, and then, you know, somebody has got to be leading the meeting overall. So your, your, your CEO or your chairman of the board or your executive pastor, or maybe, maybe it's your senior pastor that leads a meeting. I don't know, but that person has to kind of stay on top of things and uh, make sure the meeting flows and you get through some things. We're out of time. All right. All right. So folks, thanks. If you have a question or maybe some input on this thing, we're not always right about everything. 90% 90% of the time we are, but uh, no, we're not. We're not. We don't believe that. But if you have some 80, input, 20, there you go. Uh, email support at streamingchurch.tv is a way you can get a hold of us. You can check us out at uh, newmediaministries.tv. Uh, you can go to streamingchurch.tv as well. <laughs> go to iTunes. Give us a nice review. Uh, or YouTube. Is that right? Did you say that? We're one? on YouTube too. Yeah. You can go to YouTube. Uh, uh, it's under church. Uh, it's actually, it's probably my old YouTube account. Phil Thompson live, I think is my oh. old YouTube account. We have a lot of that on here, but there's lots of ways you can connect with us. And, and I mentioned iTunes just a second ago, give us a review. I mean, let us know what you think. If you don't like us, that's okay. We'd love to hear from you anyhow. And if we can help you with any questions, uh, tech related or ministry related, that's what we're here for. So, all right, we're out of time. Thank you for spending some time with us today, folks, Steve. Appreciate you. Uh, All right. Great being here. All right. We will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Have a great day.